to the day on Broadway for Friday, December 7th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, welcome back. You saw the Share Show yesterday. Do you have anything you want to say now about that before uh, you discuss it on Sundays this week on Broadway? Let's do it, bitches. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Okay. Um, before we get to this week's uh, this week on Broadway, we do have two episodes that'll be coming out on Saturday. First, Jan Simpson will have an episode of Stagecraft. James, I don't know who her guest is. Do you? Uh, Christopher Demo Brown, author of American Sun. Oh, awesome. Very cool. Um, and that'll come out in the morning. And then in the afternoon, evening, I just on Thursday spoke with Francis Jew, who is one of the stars of Wild Goose Dream over at the Public Theater. He is... Um, in addition to being in, in that show, he was also one of the stars of Soft Power out in California this year. The new uh, uh, Wong Tesori play with a musical type thing inside of it. Uh, he was great. He's also on the Equity Council. So I talked to him a little bit about that. But um, really great interview. I loved talking to him. So we'll have those on Saturday. Now, James, before we get into the news, I do want to let you know I am going to be talking at you a lot um, so if at any point in my wall of text, you want to jump in and interrupt me because I'm sounding like a crazy person with all of my conspiracy theories and tinfoil hats and trying to make connections where there probably are none, feel free to tell me to shut up and jump in. Uh, are you going to talk about the college bowl championships again? No, no, no. I'm totally fine. <laughs> I am 100% fine with Ohio State not, not making college football playoff. In fact, I wrote an article for LandGrantHolyLand.com about how I didn't want them to make the playoff because they'd probably get destroyed. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. All right. Let's uh, move right into the meat of the argument here. The reviews are in for Network on Broadway. Yeah, they're in. And like most things that have to do with network news nowadays, the reviews ain't so good. Um, this show comes from the National Theater over in the UK. It is directed, of course, by Evo Van Hova, and it stars Brian Cranston in an Olivier-winning role. He is joined in New York by Tony Goldwyn, Tatiana Maslany, and an entirely new group in this show. Um, the, the script is by Lee Hall, based on the Academy Award-winning film by Patty Chayefsky. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the other collaborators of Van Hova in here. But James, these reviews are probably not what they were hoping for. I don't know that it matters because Brian Cranston apparently is amazing, but the reviews as a whole for the show, not so great. Let's start with Terry Teachout from the Wall Street Journal who said, quote, in the case of Network, the frosting has been whipped up by Eva Van Hova, Europe's most pretentious stage director. Working in... Yeah, fair. Um, working in close collaboration with Jan Verscheveld, the scenic and lighting designer, and Tal Yarden, the video designer, Mr. Van Hova has given us a TV screens and plexiglass production that looks thoroughly postmodern. The catch is that Lee Hall's script, set in 1974, is a faithful adaptation to Patty Chayefsky's screenplay, a one prescient satire of the dumbed-down future of broadcast news. All of Chayefsky's predictions, having long since come to pass, Network is thus a musty period piece. The bomb has already gone off. He continues talking about everything else that's on stage other than Brian Cranston having the, quote, unintended effect of turning Network into a one-man show. If you're willing to pay Broadway prices to see Mr. Cranston give a tremendous performance, there's a chance you'll go home happy. Otherwise, you might as well rent the movie. That's never a good uh, thing. First off, 
who rents movies nowadays? Secondly, um, at, at Broadway prices, that's not a good review for people trying to look uh, where to spend their bucks. Going over to Marilyn Stasio, though, from a variety, she had a much different opinion. She agreed that Cranston was tremendous, but she liked the production as a whole. She said, quote, Brian Cranston, who could do no wrong as Walter White in Breaking Bad, burrows deep under the skin of Howard Beale here. The furrowed brow, the anxious angularity, the searching eyes all indicate a person in extremis. But it's the voice that makes us feel and fear for Beale. Beneath the mellifluous tones of Cranston's professional newsman delivery, we can hear the agitated rasp and incipient howl of a person who's cracking up. Overall, Stasio said that the, that the show was, quote, a fresh fury in a sizzling stage production. OK, that's good. Um, Adam Feldman from Time Out New York gave the show three out of five stars. Uh, he said, quote, with its continual sensory overload and its darkly vague imita- uh, intimations about populism and corporate power, this network certainly looks cool, but it's beyond cool. It's icy. We seem intended to nod our heads and think about how prescient all it all was. The mob, the mob appeal of anger, a mention of Saudi Arabia, but then to think no more. Network isn't galvanizing. It's numbing, emptily flashy in its condemnation of empty flash, inhuman in its wane, dif- uh, its wane defense of humanity. It has a superb TV star and a killer catchphrase. But behind the sound and fury is only a shadow of significance. So I gave you one of each, a a, a Goldilocks potpourri here of reviews, one that hated it, one that liked it, one that's in the middle. Um, So we don't have the Times or Vulture yet, James, unless I hear you clicking on uh, on them and finding them now. But um, not the reviews you would think of, uh, of a production like this directed by this director starring this star. It makes me wonder if we have lost the Tony Goldwyn pal Joey for this. Uh, yeah, I was very uh, suspect if a uh, Tony Goldwyn pal Joey was even ever going to happen. But yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I I see it tomorrow night. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll weigh back in next week and uh, let you know what I think about it. But... Uh, uh, you know, Brian Cranston, I think, is the big sales uh, ticket sure, here sure, for, sure. for everything, and we'll see. All right, next up, we have an acting legend that is coming back to Broadway in 2019. Yeah, two, 2019, next year. Um, yeah, James, this one kind of came out of nowhere. We all got this press release yesterday informing us that none other— then Faye Dunaway would be returning to Broadway after more than 35 years to star in a production of Matthew Lombardo's 2002 one-man show, Tea at Five. This will be the first Broadway production of the show, and and I don't think there's ever been a major production inside New York's five boroughs, so I don't know exactly how the Tony Committee will categorize it when it comes to Broadway in the summer of next year, especially because, as I'm going to talk about here in a second, it's been heavily edited. Um, but originally, the show starred Kate Mulgrew as Catherine Hepp- and was a two-act show that spanned many decades, going from a young Hepper just finding her, her fame in Hollywood to the legend she became later in life. However, at the time, Mulgrew was in her mid-40s and could play both parts fairly well. When the show opens, Dunaway will be 78. So, according to the press release, Lombardo has pretty much turned this into a one-act show for, ni- for 90 minutes that's based on the second act of the original version. 
that fo- that show that version of the show will focus on Hepburn in 1983 in her Connecticut estate at the age of 76 as she is recuperating from a car accident. Tony nominee John Tillinger will direct. Dunaway, who ironically won the 1977 Best Actress Academy Award for Network, lost. <laughs> she, get this, she lost the 1968 award for Bonnie and Clyde too. Catherine Hepburn for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. So it's a it's a time is a flat circle. Everything's related here today. Uh, Dunaway was last on Broadway in 1982 in The Curse of an Aching Heart. She made her Broadway debut in 1963 as a replacement in the original production of A Man for All Seasons. Now, James, according to the press release, the complete creative team dates and theater will be announced early next year. Uh, I will say Matthew Lombardo um, a playwright who does a lot of one man shows um, and, and produces them often uh, on his own. He did announce earlier this year that his whose holiday was coming to Broadway in 2018 and that did not happen. So I'm just going to put that out there and let people make a decision as to the veracity of this claim uh, on its own. But this did come from a big Broadway press agency. So I think it's got a little bit more behind it than whose holiday did. Yeah, and especially uh, the Who's Holiday thing. There was there was a lawsuit, uh, the the Doctor Seuss lawsuit, and there was uh, a casting thing that was happening. There was a lot of uh, moving parts with Who's Holiday. Matthew has uh, generally, as far as I can think off the top of my head, anecdotally uh, come through with things and. If you're going to have a major yeah. – announcing a major star in there. But I I did see that press release and I was like, there's absolutely no information here. Why was this announced now? Right. Maybe they're trying to get more money? Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, uh, fade down away. And does she have any connection to Kevin Bacon? You know. Oh, I'm sh- oh, I'm <laughs> sure she does. The only thing is, is that I hope they give her the right script so she doesn't read the wrong script on stage. No, is that is that too far to go with that joke? No, no I think it's okay. just right. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> next up, waitress is in the midst of announcing returning cast members. I saw some of these things come through today. Yeah, this is where I'm going to start to get a little weird uh, and get into my spreadsheets and my conspiracy theories. But first, yes, um, yesterday, the one thing that we know for sure is that Christopher Fitzgerald was announced yesterday to be turning to the role that he originated on Broadway of Ogie beginning on Tuesday. He'll be taking over for Alex Weiss, who ends his run in the role on Sunday. That's the part that is clear and forthright. But as waitresses want to do, they are being coy and teasing other things to be announced on Friday morning. First, yesterday morning at a little after 8 a.m. on their social media, waitress sent out a picture of a pair of a ketchup and mustard bottle side by side. Um, And this was, keep in mind, before the Fitzgerald announcement um, with a caption that said, quote, two hashtag diner BFFs are joining the cast of waitress. And yes, they go together like ketchup and mustard. Stay tuned. I hate mustard. So nothing goes. That's not a good combination. Anyway, so when the Ogie announcement came, I immediately started to think, okay, there's Fitzgerald. Um, so he's got to be one of them. Then maybe we're going to get the original Don Kamiko Glenn returning or her replacement, Caitlin Houlihan, coming back as she's in Girl from the North Country. And that closes this weekend. However, fast forward a few hours to a little bit after five, I think. Um, and their social media sent out 
a new message. Um, it was a picture that said besties across the top and was a cartoon egg looking lovingly at a cartoon piece of bacon. There's your connection to Kevin Bacon. Um, that post said, quote, enjoy this breakfast pairing tomorrow morning when we announce our hashtag diner BFFs exclamation point. Now, that leads me to think that Chris Fitzgerald was not a part of this upcoming announcement. So the only logical BFFs in the waitress world, in my mind, are Sarah Bareilles and Jason Mraz. But James, this is where it starts to get a little bit weird for me, and I had to get out my bulletin board in the red string to make connections. As we know, and I've been mentioning here because I thought it was weird that we hadn't had an announcement, Nicolette Robinson wraps up her run as Jenna this weekend. So obviously... If Borellis and Mraz are going to come in on Tuesday, they could have kept it secret. It's not like that we would have had to have known. Um, they know the show pretty well, so I don't think they would have to do a month of rehearsals or anything. But it would seem to me to be a pretty big waste to bring in those two for a holiday run with no buildup to sell tickets and just three weeks left in the calendar year. That seems like it would be a waste. Now, I think I've said it on this show before, and if I hadn't, I've said it to multiple people in real life. But I really didn't expect Sarah to come back to the show on Broadway until it was closing. I thought maybe she might open it in London, but that's not happening. So I could be very wrong. And it could be that Darren, Chris and Leah Michelle uh, are joining the show for all I know. But I'm going to go out on a, on a pretty thin limb here, James. I'm going to conjure all of my Miss Cleo powers and say that Sarah Bareilles and Mr. A to Z are going to come in after the holidays. Mraz has concert dates that end on December 21st. And then don't start again until February 26th in Vienna, Austria. So I think that Waitress will let Stephanie Torrance, who's the understudy and standby, who I have seen and is phenomenal. They're going to let her play the holidays. And then at some point in early January, or maybe just any point in January, Borellis and Mraz will come in for a month or so and then close the show in February uh, whenever um, with enough time for Mraz to go to Europe. So I just I just feel like Waitress maybe as because we've talked about the, 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 the grosses haven't been great and they would need a star. I just feel like this is all building up to the final denouement for Waitress on Broadway. Huh. Sarah Bareilles and Jason Mraz. That's such a great uh, they're so good together. They they, they condiment mm -hmm. each other really, really well. Oh, I, you really, they condiment each other. Man. Uh, ketchup and mustard, you know. I got, oh, no, I got it. I totally got it. <laughs> I, I could be completely wrong. This could have nothing to do with them. It could be um, the original, uh, you know, or maybe Nick Cordero is coming back. I, I don't know. I, I just, it just seems to me that they're making a big deal out of this. And for it not to be a new Jenna, like it seems kind of weird that they would make a big deal for it to be a new Don or a new Earl or a new whatever. Yeah. It, it just seems weird to do that. And I really don't think Borellis wants to come and do the show again until it's closing. So that's my guess, putting it out there. I could be completely wrong and I'd be fine with that. But if it's right, bow down to Miss Cleo. Well, th this is a production that put Al Roker in. So maybe, uh, exactly. you know, maybe we'll see a, a Matt Lauer and Katie Couric go in. If Matt Lauer goes in, I think you will have a lot of people very angry. <laughs> yes, they would. <laughs> Brian, Brian Gumble, maybe. Yeah, Brian Gumble. Uh, uh, they could put uh, Les Moonves in as the cook. Oh, oh no. 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 Okay. Well, he could sing Baby, It's Cold Outside. Now, we're not getting into that because there are very... Uh, what what uh, in the world? There are very emotional people on both sides of that argument on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I just stay out of it. But I mean, that, that, that song's been around for 
the Lord knows how many how many years, and all of a sudden it it's the big thing this year. Uh, I've heard it for a few years now on both sides. People that are saying that it's whatever. I'm not getting into this. Let's move on because okay. <laughs> although although that song, you know who wrote "Baby It's Cold Outside"? Frank Lesser. So there you go. Oh, that's right. No, I'm thinking I, I've heard yeah. Ella Fitzgerald sing it. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. Theater stars are represented in the Golden Globe nominations. Is this a precursor for them to be represented elsewhere? Um, some of them very well could be represented in the Academy Award nominations that'll come out after the first of the year. But there were a number of people with theater cred that were nominated. Um, the Hollywood Foreign Press announced their nominations for the Golden Globes yesterday. We will have a link to all of the nominations in the show notes, but I wanted to highlight some of them or all of them that have theater connections. So theater vets receiving acting nominations are Antonio Banderas, Darren Criss, Benedict Cumberbatch, Alan Arkin, Ben Wishaw, Henry Winkler, Patricia Clarkson, Elizabeth Moss, Julia Roberts, Carrie Russell, Kristen Bell, Rachel Brosnahan, Deborah Messing, Billy Porter, Matthew Reese, Timothy Chalamet, Adam Driver, Sam Rockwell, Glenn Close, Lady Gaga, not really a theater vet, but close enough, Nicole Kidman, Olivia Coleman, Lucas Hedges, and Lin-Manuel Miranda keeps having like the best two or three years uh, in the history of anything nominated for best actor in a motion picture, musical or comedy for Mary Poppins returns. Mark Shaman was nominated for best uh, original motion picture score for that same film. Barry Jenkins and Adam McKay were both nominated for best screenplay and Bradley Cooper was nominated for best motion picture director for uh, a star is born. The golden globes, James are always incredibly weird and make no sense. Um, so, whatever on some of these there are some really bad nominations in there but i'm happy for all of those folks that were nominated all right matt what else do you have okay gonna wrap up the week with just some real quick stories first up um, on his night off from Torch Song, Michael Yuri will be doing the December 10th performance of Celebrity Autobiography at the Marquee Theater on Broadway. We also learned yesterday that original cast member Constantine Germanakos will return to Anastasia on Broadway, this time in the role of Gleb, beginning on January 7th. And he will be joined by Emmy winner Penny Fuller as the Dowager Empress. And even though these tickets are almost certainly gone by the time that people are hearing this podcast, yesterday Freestyle Love Supreme announced four more performances for its off-Broadway run that begins on January 30th. But even if you didn't get any of those tickets, they did announce lottery details. So check those out in the show notes. And finally, James, yesterday, MCC Theater announced the cast for the new Steven Sater, uh, Duncan Sheik, and Jesse Nelson musical Alice by Heart, which begins performances on January 30th. Molly Gordon will play Alice. That's a role that was, um, during the workshops, originally played by Sarah Bareilles. She will be joined by Colton Ryan, which makes me wonder what's going on with Girl from the North Country, as well as no Noah Galvin, Zachary Infante, Andrew Kober, Grace McLean, Catherine Rickefort, Heath Saunders, Wesley Taylor, and more. We will have the complete cast and uh, the additional creative team in the show notes at broadwayradio.com where you can get information on this and any of the other stories that I hypothesized about in today's show. So do you, are, do you have any friends or acquaintances or have no. you seen these things? I have no friends. <laughs> no. Have no friends. <laughs> that have done this whole, uh, uh, you know, baby gender reveal party announcement over the type type thing. I, I, I try not to be friends with monsters. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know the what I'm talking about. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it seems like uh, roundabout did the 
this sort of thing for the reveal of the Kiss Me Kate logo. Did you see that? I did not. This sounds bizarre in all of the normal roundabout ways. Yeah. So there's a video floating around uh, where Roundabout did a reveal of the Kiss Me Kate logo. And, okay, you caught uh, me. I was uh, looking <laughs> for the key art to try to figure. Oh, wait, here it is. Hold on. I'm going to watch it. We're going to watch it live. I did see a, uh, a fun video with uh, Will Chase and, uh, and Kelly O'Hara wrapping presents. Uh, but... All right. I don't know. I can't find it. But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll throw it in the show notes if you can find it here, James. But thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. It, it's, uh, it's on the Roundabout website. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending and wrapping up the week with us. Uh, we have lots of things in the feed uh, tomorrow, as uh, Matt told you. Uh, we still also have a Genetessa Fox uh, interview that is desperately late due to me. Nobody else but me. And that'll be out there soon. And uh, Sundays this week on Broadway. Uh, and hit us up on our social media feeds. Natalie's doing a great job at getting our word out about BroadwayCon. And Matt and I will be back and talk with you on Monday. Monday.